Welcome to our podcast, Inside ACP Esfohana. In the last episode, I had the pleasure to be with my colleagues, Rivat and Santanan, and we talked details about what is two-tier ERP, at least in theory. And I have the pleasure to be with three today again to talk about some customers that have implemented hybrid landscape. And I think we'll have a lot of fun learning about concrete use case of deployment covering different industries. So Sri, first of all, thanks a ton for being with me again. A pleasure, Yannick. Thanks for inviting me again. So I like it when you said that it's going to be theory that we did last time. So let's do something, dwell into these concrete use cases, which we can connect with. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Let's do that. Before we do that, can you do a quick summary of what uh, you covered last time? Of course, that's important. Yeah. So let's let's quickly set the set the stage. So what we did do, what we did discuss last time. One, we discussed what is hybrid two-tier ERP, right? I mean, we said uh, what we demystified the terminology that it's two-tier is nothing but n-tier, multiple ERP landscapes uh, with at least one ERP system being a cloud-based ERP with potentially running as Pahana Cloud. And we also discussed about how does a customer sees value in having this kind of a landscape set up. And we also looked at multiple types of deployment types, headquarters subsidiary, uh, corporate affiliate, chat services models and ecosystem, which is a very, very unique and peculiar model, which we see it in the automobile and suppliers area. Okay, thank you. So we ended last time with end-to-end -end business processes and what's the value for the business to, to, to run processes there. Let's dwell into some concrete customer adoptions. Can Super. you please pick one of your favorite and start with that? One, I have actually got many favorites. Yeah, so it's going to be tough to decide which is going to be a favorite, but yeah, let me just tell you what happened when about two, three years back when we started doing these initial processes. So when we were having these co-innovation topics discussion with customers and partners, the first reaction was, great, you had very good set of processes defined. Are these just PPTs drawings or is it something which is really available out of the system? Yeah. So one, this gave us an indication that yes, we are on the right pace of co-innovation in identifying end-to-end -end business process between these landscape. And two, this also kind of gives us, uh, gives us a kind of backing customer voice to say that, yes, this is what is needed to build these end-to-end -end processes. So the first starting point, of course, was master data. So this is absolutely important, and we learned it with quite a lot of adoptions that we went with. The first classic case is the Topcon. Yeah? I mean, you know Topcon better. So Topcon was a front runner? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Was, Topcon was one of the front runners. So when you looked at Topcon's landscape, they had a heterogeneous landscape. Yeah? I mean, they had the headquarters in one country. They had multiple other smaller subsidiaries. I wouldn't call it smaller, but yeah, many subsidiaries. Some were as large as for the Germany, Netherlands, and Belgium, and some were for smaller entities. They wanted to ensure that they consolidate all these subsidiaries in one cloud ERP, Eswahana Cloud. And that they had some peculiar requirements. One, they wanted to ensure that from the corporate side, they need to have complete visibility on how the subsidiaries run. Yeah, the reason why I call it peculiar is because sometimes the relationship between corporate and uh, head subsidiaries, right? I mean, kind of varies. In some cases, they are independent subsidiaries. In some cases, they are tightly coupled. In the in this case, Topcon's case, right? They had this requirement of having a visibility requirement into their uh, operations of what happens in uh, in the subsidiaries, prime potentially into the supply chain visibility as we see. And then they also wanted to ensure that subsidiaries will grow over a period of time. And then they also wanted to ensure that the financial numbers that is being reported out and being rolled up is also seamless. So that's that's where it all started. So we started with the master data. 
So with master data, we, we started off with primarily business partner, customer vendor, as we call it in the earlier days. So customer vendor integration was a CVI, as we call it, in the was implemented in the in the SAP ERP, uh, EHP 8 at that point in time. So with the CVI integration in place over there, we started leveraging what's called as a DRF, data replication framework, which will help you replicate master data seamlessly in real time. So the moment you create a master data and you create a business partner and you save it, it immediately gets replicated into your Svahana cloud. Beautiful and beautiful way to work with. Yeah? So they, that they say val saw value in that. Then we started building up on these master data elements. Financial master was also a big part of it because cost center, profit center is important to be replicated if you want to have the same kind of org structure view in both these both these uh, entities or both these ERP systems. Then was the sales part, which is their core bread and butter. So they wanted to ensure that dropshipment happens. Dropshipment is an requirement where a sales happens in one entity, whereas the delivery happens from a different entity. So essentially, we started mapping the purchase order in very, very business terms. The business, business object purchase order has to be transformed into a sales order on the other entity front. And whatever was a, a purchase order fulfillment became a billing to supplier invoice integration. Yeah, so this was kind of complete flow, which we also delivered out of the box as best practices. And Topcon was absolutely super happy with it. Yes, we did have a, quite a lot of hiccups because they were the front runner and they were quite absolutely patient with us. And I would want to say thank you to them for their, all their patience. But now it's a super running scenario. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And actually it's a very good consistency check do the second podcast because I exactly see what you announced and explained during the last podcast. Like you should start with master data and then go into sales, procurement, etc. But start really with the backbone, start with the, uh, let's say, with the skeleton around the master data. So great to hear that. Do you have another customer example for us, Sri? Of course. How many? I can, I can pick one. Hitachi, maybe? So what do you know about Hitachi? High tech. Well, that's that's funny because I had the pleasure to be with Hitachi at uh, the last Subfire and we had a joint presentation about variant configuration. Um, great presentation, uh, but it was not our part of what we'd like to discuss with you today. So yes, I know Hitachi, a manufacturer of scientific instruments um, based in Japan as a home location, if I'm not mistaken. Can you tell us a bit about what they did with uh, their different ERP? Of course. So they, they had a kind of same requirement as what we discussed with Topcon, you know. So they had these home location uh, ERP, SAP ERP on-premise running. So they had multiple subsidiaries in US, UK, China, Finland, and so on, where they wanted to ensure that these acquired businesses, they called it as acquired businesses, also gets consolidated on one single ERP platform. Yeah, currently they had completely different set of ERP systems, some were homegrown, some were very native, some were third party. So the basic problem for this kind of customer was a product master. Yeah. So since they are into the scientific equipments and manufacturing equipments, you really know, right? I mean, my product master has to be absolutely critical to them. Yeah. So they started replicating product master real time from one ERP instance, on-premise instance, into those subsidiary entities. So this ensured that even the entities which are subsidiaries work on the common master data element, which is created centrally, kind of kind of governance for them. Yeah? So that was a starting point. So I can give you an example of sales. Yeah? Again, pretty much related to uh, what we discussed in TopCon, but there's a big difference here because the internally, it was a procurement scenario. Yeah. So what started off as a 
drop shipment for Topcon became a local sales for the Hitachi environment. Yeah? So they were able to do local sales, but internally these entities placed internal procurement orders between multiple entities and had their uh, inventory replenished. Yeah, so classic case, again, business best practices deployed by two-tier ERP. We were able to get these running via standard integration scenarios, 2EJ as we call it, and 2EL as the best practices content delivered to ensure that we seamlessly take, take care of this. And the best part is the iFlows that we uh, delivered for Hitachi are standard iFlows as well. So they have a lot of commonality in how other entities might potentially operate as well. Okay, very cool. Let me recap. So we've talked about master data integration and sales uh, with uh, Hitachi Hitech. You mentioned uh, Topcon with master data as well and drop shipment as a business scenario. I'd like to go um, even closer to the core of the core of any ERP. Can you share a finance use case or a finance example with us? Of course, finance is always the core and it's always uh, SAP's strong point, right? And how can I leave that off? So if I have to give you a just quick, quick uh, uh, perspective or intuition, right? I mean, I can tell you that in finance, there are two major areas where 2 tier ERP plays a major role. One is the financial planning. Yeah? I mean, when we talk about financial planning, it's important that either you do a top-down planning or a bottom-up planning. It's important that the numbers consistently flow from one entity to another. That's important. Two, when you do talk about financial consolidation, it's important that the numbers which are also reported out by either via either via BPC or via other third-party consolidation software flow seamlessly into the headquarter group companies to ensure that they are able to do a good group closure. Two, absolutely critical two-tier ERP scenarios, and there are multiple variants of it. I can take an example of a very large uh, airport operator in the European Union. Uh, they had subsidiaries and they were also operating other uh, uh, in Latin America and Americas. And one of those subsidiaries, right? I mean, they had Esfahana Cloud. And this company had the requirement to ensure that Esfahana Cloud starts feeding financial numbers into a BPC system, a business planning and consolidation system running on a BW instance on an on-premise environment. And this got to be seamless. Yeah, I mean, just like how you do a BW loads every night, this got to be seamless. And this with Esfahana Cloud, we ensured that this was also a standard process with ODS, as we call it, with data sources provision from Esfahana Cloud for financial data sources feeding into the BPC. Absolutely seamless works like a charm. Very good. Uh, we've talked a lot about you know, customers, the end-to-end -end processes that they run. But of course, ACP's success would not be that huge success without the partner, the partner ecosystem. And I know that, especially in the cloud, um, the way we work with partners is slightly different than running an on-premise project. So ultimately, what's in it for partners? Oh, good. Very good point. And I thought you would not touch this. This partner's uh, role has also evolved, Yannick. You know that, right? I mean, in the on-premise world, the, the system integrators were important. But what is also seeing, what I see is with the cloud, uh, that role has also getting transitioned and there's a drift towards how they can make multiple systems work as well. But potentially some one of those systems being a cloud system. So in this case, Deloitte was our first partner with whom we had a, a major, major co-innovation. We still have it for uh, all other topics. Um, so for them, uh, we built a lot of accelerators. Yeah. So if for the uh, 
accelerator is something that we uh, that we the, the terminology is something that we use for something which is delivered as a sample deployment which is which customers can download upload it into their environment and adapt it to the way they need yeah so they are sample implementation so why why is accelerators important because as the word tells you right i mean these accelerators help really gives you the accelerated mappings between multiple systems so if i have to map a purchase order with a sales order business object uh, uh, iflow accelerator will give you the sample mapping out of the box so you don't need to map those all 170 odd mapping elements right you just reuse it make the make the changes where you need and what what is critical for your business and get started and deloitte was a super super into all these accelerators and co-innovating with us and that's exactly what i was telling right the drift in cloud means system integrators have opportunities opening up in completely different spaces and this is a classic case and you know what after delivering a lot of accelerators along with in a co-innovation model we found out that deloitte has also set up its own coe internally for two tier yeah so that is amazing amount of opportunity for system integrators here and that's a sweet spot and with deloitte we found that out very Good example. Thanks for sharing that with with Deloitte. Now, a question that I have, of course, is what's the outlook? Question one, and my next question will be: Can I influence the roadmap for two tier ERP? Of course. Um, yeah. So, what's what's the outlook? Um, are we done? No, certainly not. Man. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. So, uh, what I can say is the minimum viable scope or the basic scenarios of hybrid two-tier ERP are done and delivered. Uh, they are delivered as best practices. So that's we are also helping customers adopt it. We have quite a we have a thriving customer council. We call it the hybrid cloud two-tier council, and that has currently about 15 plus customers, five plus partners with amazing references. The ones that we talked about, they were the real front runners there, Yannick. So if there are customers who are open for co-innovation, I think that's that's the platform, Hybrid Cloud 2 tier Customer Council, the platform where they need to come in and they can influence one roadmap and also start giving us feedback, concrete feedback to say that, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? What should we do next? Yeah, so that's, that's an awesome place for us to get influenced. I could tell you that for the past three years, the majority of the scenarios that we delivered, 60% to be accurate, were influenced by this customer council. So we are hearing them out and we would want to do that for the future as well. Okay, very good. That's very encouraging. So if uh, we happen to meet with prospective customers or customers and they ask her, so what is next for me? Where should I start? What should I tell them? Start them, start with the customer council. I mean, happy to help give a helping hand over there. Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing day in and day out to say that let's 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 talk. Let's talk business. Let's talk your process. Let's let's get started with what do you want to do. Then let's start mapping it into what are those core processes which will fall into the standard business scenarios. And if there are deviations that we would want to look at cloud as a front runner, if you have a cloud mindset, potentially that's your starting point. Then if there are scenarios which are required, which are required afresh or new something, we would also want to look at it as a co-innovation along with the deep design thinking workshop, which potentially can also look into the portfolio at, at a later date for delivery. Yeah? But we want to listen, we want to be with the customer and ensure that we are the trusted the advisors in the space. Great to hear that. And I think this is a very promising space. I think it's uh, for most of our customers, the best next step going to the cloud when they embrace a cloud journey. Three, thanks a lot for being with us today and to run the second podcast again. It was uh, even more interesting than the first one where we talked about, you know, what is hybrid landscape. Uh, I learned a lot on uh, the customer landscape. I learned a lot about Hitachi, 
Deloitte, Detecon, and more. Thanks for being with us. Absolutely, Yannick. Uh, I'm also learning a lot with the customers as we engage, right? I mean, so it's a learning, joint learning together. Yeah? I mean, happy to do that. And for you, if you like this episode, of course, please share it. If you'd like us to cover any other specific topic of your interest, please drop us an email as usual via insightS4 at sap.com. I repeat, insightS4 at sap.com. So stay tuned for our next episode and be inside SAP S4 HANA. Bye-bye.